Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. This is the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I am your overdramatic host, Mike the Fantasy Hitman Right, What's going on, party people? It's about to get wild. About to get wild because it's wild card weekend. Ben, you speak when spoken to. Don't don't interrupt my flow over there, man. My bad, my Ridiculous. Bad. But speaking of Ben, he's I guess he's on the show today. What's up, Ben Cummins? Good friend. <laughs> I'm just so excited for playoff DFS. I've alluded to it. We all have, uh, especially these next two weeks where there's four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Just such a fun puzzle to try to put together, as we always talk about. So excited to dive into it. Absolutely. It's, it's funny how when you have limited options, it seems almost harder to, to pick out the guys that you really want to get in your lineup. Yep. But helping us out with that is our other good friend, good, 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 good friend, Chris Meany. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Yeah, hot start there, Mike. Uh, ben, you relax over there, okay? Yeah, and, that that was probably my best start ever until Ben Cummins started chiming in. <laughs> I thought he was saying, what's up to us? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I agree. I echo everything that uh, Ben said, though, in terms of just this is a fun slate, four games. It reminds us a little bit of the Thanksgiving slate, right? The one extra contest. Yes. And you, you do have to get a little bit cute when you're playing in tournaments this week. You, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of chalky plays that you're going to want to play, but uh, for the most part, you got to get one or two guys in there, there would be the difference for you. So the, the format of this show, if you're a long-time listener, number one, thank you. Thank you for subscribing to the pod. Hopefully it was a very fruitful and productive season for you. Got you in the green. The format of this show is a little bit different. We're still going to give you a lineup that we have each gone with at the end of the show. But because there are only the four games, we are going to go a game-by-game process, break them down, our thought process between if we are liking some teams and liking certain players. So it's not really we break things up into cash or GPPs today. Just going through the matchups. So we are going to start right here Saturday. The Colts are traveling on the road, taking on the Houston Texans. The Texans are favored by one and a half points. We have a 49 and a half point, or sorry, 49 point over under currently. We are recording on Wednesday afternoon in case the line changes. But let's start on the Colts side of the ball. I'm going to throw it first to Chris Meany. Colts center Ryan Kelly is ready to go. That's the quote for Saturday. That's a huge uptick for Marlon Mack and Andrew Luck and company. How are you looking at the Indianapolis Colts, Chris? Yeah, I like the Colts a lot. I love this game. You mentioned the total. It's it's the highest one on the board. And, you know, you're we're talking about Houston, the highest team implied total. And Indy, the second highest team implied total this week at 23.5. Houston at 24.5. And, you know, these two teams played each other twice in the season, 24-21, 34-37. A lot of points scored in both of those ball games. And, 
you know, I, Luck has had success against this team twice now, and his two best fantasy performances of this season came against the Houston Texans. He totaled 863 yards and six touchdowns, over 60 fantasy points, just two strong performances. You mentioned Ryan Kelly. You're right. It's huge, Mike, to have him back under center. And, you know, he's the – Luck said it today. I heard him on the broadcast. He was saying the most underrated player on that line is is Ryan Kelly and everything that they have, the success that they've had over the past few weeks and just – altogether this season a lot to do with that offensive line so there's a lot to like about this matchup I think Andrew Luck is my favorite quarterback on the board and uh, and I love T.Y. Hilton it's a pair that I'm going to have in in a lot of cash contests I know it's going to be chalky in tournaments but uh, I have no problem spending up for both of these guys and the Texans we've talked about the Texans over the past few weeks it's just a defense that's really struggled strong against the run all year long but let's not forget week 16 Nick Foles had almost 500 yards passing and four touchdowns against them Marcus Mariota Luck Foles, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield all managed to hit the 20-point mark on in terms of fantasy points since week 12, and nobody has allowed more passing yards to quarterbacks over the last five weeks than the Houston Texans. So I think this is a good spot for Luck to continue to have success. Ben, how are you looking at Marlon Mack, who has either been 1,000 yards or barely hits around that 30 mark, and you have a team that is very strong against the run the past six weeks the Houston Texans rank number one against fantasy running backs. How are you handling Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines? Are you interested in one or or both or neither? It makes it tough because, like you said, the Texans, like you both have talked about, the Texans are much harder to run on than throw on. So I'm with Meany that I think that this is an Andrew Luck game. He'll continue his success. It's hard because – I still want to like Marlon Mack because of all of the opportunities that he's been getting. He's 13th in the league in opportunities per game, um, and he's in that Andrew Luck-led offense. And again, this is, as Meany talked about, this is the game where we want to start and you know kind of build our foundation for this weekend. But at the same time, Marlon Mack doesn't see a ton of targets. That's where kind of like you, as you brought up his name, I'm sure Mike Naheem Hines comes into play. He yes. gets more of the targets. So that puts Naheem Hines on that tournament radar. Still think that it's it's reaching a little bit because Mac's going to be the guy, but I just don't see this being a spot, especially on the road, where this is a Mac blow-up game like we saw a couple weeks ago at home against Dallas. I think this sets up for more of a passing game shootout on both sides of the ball because you also see Lamar Miller who gets a ton of volume, but you know, he's been up and down. He's been a little bit injured and the Colts defense has been pretty, pretty solid this year as well. So I see this being a spot where we see much more passing success and that's where we want to kind of start our teams because we have the Colts who lead all teams in this slate and points scored on the year 433. The Texans are middle of the pack, but At the same time, they get to be at home in this spot and face a Colts defense that's been pretty solid, but at the same time have allowed the third most points on this entire slate and only four fewer than the Eagles who have allowed the most. So all all the reasons Meany touched on see this being a high scoring game. And because of that, you can look at Mack and Lamar Miller. That's why they're written up in the tournament article. They're just not my favorite plays because, again, I'm looking to try to get contrarian. As we talk about a lot on this podcast, at receiver in some spots. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go. Exactly. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has absolutely just, just melted the faces of the Houston Texans secondary. 115 yards in week four. 199 yards Whew. in, in uh, week 14. 
So, and T.Y. Hilton monitor his health, but this has kind of been what he's been doing all year, just not practicing with that ankle injury, still coming out and putting up huge games. But so Hilton's great. We all we all agree with that. But Chris Meany, give me that secondary option. Is it Dontrell Inman, who has kind of been sneaky the last two weeks, four for 46, five for 77, a touchdown in both of those games. Uh, I mean, what's – is it Inman? Is it somebody else? Who are you interested in if you're going to do that pivot? Chester Rogers? I mean, who do you like? You, know, you, you guys mentioned Hines, you know – if you look at the game log in the two games against Houston, 16 targets, 12 catches in those two games, one stands out in particular week four was no Mac. He had 11 targets and nine catches. Right. I think what Ben said in a tournament, you could get by with him racking up a few catches, especially if Mac does struggle on the ground to have success. But yeah, Mike, it's Dontrell Inman, who's, okay. you're, you're right, you mentioned the last two weeks, he's certainly trending up, has yet to play Houston this season, was not playing in those two football games earlier in the year. But he he's certainly trending. You mentioned the last two games, even before that, six for 14, like the 14 yards, sure, but six targets, you know, four targets before that, 40 yards, six targets before that, 34. So he's getting some usage. He's getting some play inside the red zone as well, where he's had a couple of his touchdowns most recently. So I do have some interest in him at $4,300. I wouldn't go that way in cash, but I do think it's it's a viable option, Someone, something to think about for sure uh, in tournaments. Chester Rogers, I can't really get behind I, I know he's got some usage as well 10 catches in his last two games but I think there's more upside in Inman just because of that usage inside the red zone I think yeah, those no, are I think we guys. can all agree you like the other two <laughs> no 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 I'm agreeing uh, with Meany that I think those are the two guys um Inman and Rogers and I agree I like Inman a lot too if you go back to weeks 12 and 13 Inman before he got hurt and missed week 14 was pretty clearly the wide receiver too, 67% and 71% of the offensive snaps. Now that correlated though, which is why we have to throw Rodgers in there as a tournament play because that correlated with Rodgers getting hurt in week 13. Now that he's been healthy over the last couple of weeks, he's playing at about the same snap percentage as Dontrell Inman, but Inman's been the one getting it done, um, taking advantage of his opportunities. So I like him as well. And Eric Ebron is in a smash spot here, fifty-two hundred bucks on DraftKings, which is a considerable savings compared to the top price tight end Zach Ertz. Uh, but I, I don't. It's going to be really hard to get away from Eric Ebron the way that I've been handling my lineup building. Uh, the the Houston Texans the last six weeks, thirty seconds against fantasy <laughs> tight ends. All right, let's talk the Houston Texans side of the ball. Uh, ben, Deshaun Watson, where is he coming in for you in terms of uh, ranking the quarterbacks this week? Like, with Based off his salary and what you're projecting, are you gravitating towards towards Watson or away from him? I'm gravitating towards him. And again, this okay. is this is the game for me. So if I can afford it, which it is kind of tough, so I think that's why, to a certain extent, T.Y. Hilton is a little bit of a tournament option because I want DeAndre Hopkins, I want Zeke, and you know we'll get into all that. But it's hard to pay for all these guys. But if you can get that construction, which I, I think I've found it, so for, for the most part, so we'll talk about it when we get to the lineups. I want one of these quarterbacks. I'm with Meany that I slightly prefer Andrew Luck, but at the same time, Deshaun Watson is the home quarterback, and that gives him a little bit of a boost, in my opinion, because I always like to side with that, especially in the playoffs. So slightly luck, but it's very neck and neck for me with these guys, especially because we see Watson recently 
uh, you know, and and obviously it remains to be seen if this continues. But the last couple weeks, he's really found success and upside with his legs, as we know he can always do. 115 rushing yards and three touchdowns over the past two weeks. We know what he can do through the air. It's the the one concern is, and the reason why I absolutely want to lock in DeAndre Hopkins because he doesn't have a ton of weapons right now. And Hopkins has just continued to ball out because he's seen double digit targets in five straight games. He's gone over a hundred yards in three straight. We know how good he is, but with Will Fuller going down, Demarius Thomas going down, there's not a ton of weapons for him. That's why we're talking about the the DeAndre Carter and Vincent Smith of the world. But at the same time, just like we're talking about with Dontrell Inman, Kiki QT is a full participant in practice the last couple of days. And I've been saying, I'll believe it when I see it. But now that he's putting full participation uh, practices together this early in the week, it sounds like he's going to play. And he instantly for me becomes a uh, tournament option right off the bat in this solid game, because we've seen him come back from injuries multiple times this year and have successful fantasy games, even some big fantasy games. I don't see them with their limited depth chart, you know, playing it that safe with with him. So I see Kiki QT getting thrown right back out there. I think he's a pretty good player when healthy. Obviously, we have to hope that the hamstring holds up. But if it does, that's another boost for Deshaun Watson as well to give him a little bit more upside. So feeling Watson a lot. Obviously, you just talked about Hopkins, and I think Kiki QT is a very interesting tournament option. All right, Manny, let's talk about the running back. It's Lamar Miller or bust for yeah. the Houston Texans a couple weeks back when it looked like Alfred Blue was going to be in a sneaky situation. We ended up with Deontay Foreman running the ball seven times for negative one yards. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, thanks for coming Great. out. So, uh, um, but thankfully, Lamar Miller came back uh, week 17 against Jacksonville, finished strong, 17 for 56 with a touchdown. He's matched up against the Colts, who the past six weeks are 12th against fantasy running backs. How's Lamar Miller ranking for you, Meanie? Yeah, not high. Okay. Uh, not, not high at all. Uh, I think, you know, a contrarian play, perhaps, you know, on DraftKings, that $4,900 salary is, is really nice, but he hasn't, he's really touchdown dependent. He is. I mean, he's only averaging 69 rushing yards per game. You look at the two games that he had against the Colts, 14 for 33 earlier in the season, 14 for 49. Like, that's not really appealing. 4.9 DraftKings points. And then 16.2 he had against the Colts. Now, he did find the end zone there, had the touchdown. He had six targets and five catches in that game, which were both season highs for him. And I think that has to do with just the fact that they were not able to run on this defense. So slight interest in, in tournaments, but it, definitely not in cash. I th- again, I think the way to to attack, both of these quarterbacks are just going to be able to have their way through the air. I mean, on this slate, the worst team against the pass is the Colts, according to Football Outsiders and past DVOA. It's they're the worst on this slate. So I like the QT call. I know he had his coming out party earlier in the season against the Colts week yeah, four, 15 targets, 11 catches and over 109 had 109 yards. So I, w- I almost want to suggest him in cash because there's a safe floor, but there definitely is a risk because we haven't seen him in so long. But I, I just have to stay clear of, of all the running backs inside this game. I think if you're playing Lamar Miller, you're really just counting on a touchdown. And in around that price range, I think there's some better options that we'll talk about. Now, is Jordan Thomas tight end for Houston? Is he on your realm of super sneaky tight ends at all? 
Nah, no. not really. All right, it's, just just check because yeah, the, the Colts are bad against the tight ends. The Colts are. You're right. You're right. They are bad. And if you go look at Jordan Thomas's game log, <laughs> the couple games that stand out, one in particular came against the Colts. Yeah, so four for thirty one. But other than that, it's been you know one target, one catch. And with some of these guys like UT coming back into the lineup, I think that hurts a guy like Thomas. The absolute. Extreme boring play is Ryan Griffin, but he does get a ton of playing time. So he's, you know, has potential for four catches in this game. The other one, though, if we're talking super sneaky, I think is maybe Jordan Aikens. It's a huge reach, but it's a tournament reach in this game. Because actually, if you look at the playing time, Jordan Thomas's playing time has been trending down. Jordan Aikens has been going up a little bit. So, um, you know, good note. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Who do you, Chris Meany, who do you have winning this game? I like the Colts. Ben? Uh, I like. I like the Colts one. I've got the Texans. Oh, interesting. I have the Colts. You gonna split it? I have I have the Colts as well. Uh just and that helps me when I'm making my decisions. I look at these games and I'm figuring out who's gonna win. So let's say you're looking at Marlon yes. Mack or Lamar Miller. I'm gonna take the running back who I think is gonna win. So right. just just another tur- another look into the process. Next game, the Seattle Seahawks travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. A 43-and-a-half-point over-under has been established. Let's start with the road team. How are we looking at this Seattle offense, Chris Meany? Russell Wilson, uh, pass attempts dropped by, I think, about 100 over the course of the season. Hasn't stopped him from putting up solid fantasy games. But do you actually want to play Russell Wilson against this Cowboys defense that's actually sneaky good against the pass. Yeah, sneaky good and just phenomenal at home too. Seven and one at home and Seattle four and four on the road. I have some interest in in Russell Wilson in tournaments, but much like we we're talking about the game before in quarterbacks, this is the game to attack the running backs here. And Wilson has been really efficient this season. Good on him to to have some help in the offense because it was all him at one point. I think he had like ninety five percent of the team's touchdowns last season, heading into the final weeks of the year. And and this year he's had some success with Chris Carson. And Chris Carson, I mean, eight rushing touchdowns in his final nine games he's totally been a beast he's been such a beast really i mean 447 yards over his final four weeks only derrick henry has more rushing yards than him over that span at least 19 carries and 90 yards in those four games so i just think that they're going to continue to run the football and lean on carson and he had a good game against dallas er earlier in the year he had 32 carries against them he touched the ball 34 times in that contest had over 100 yards found the end zone so uh, i i like chris carson i mean that's kind of where i go when i'm looking at this game is him and zeke and I, i think he can you can get by with playing Russell. I think there could be some points scored in this football game. 43 and a half is the second highest total on the board. You look at Seattle, 20.5, Dallas, 21.5, the team implied totals. It's, it's fairly high when you're looking at the what we'll talk about on Sunday. So I think for Russell Wilson, definitely going to be able to save yourself some cash and DraftKings. He's $1,000 cheaper than Deshaun Watson. Over on FanDuel, it's the same thing. It's it's $800 cheaper. So uh, you can get by with saving yourself a little bit of cash on both sites, but uh, I'm just looking at that running back position in Seattle. So is just the follow-up to the running backs, Chris Carson, very interested. Mike Davis, Rashad Penny as a real contrarian tournament play is there do you have any interest in rolling with those guys 
No, I, I don't really. I just think it's been so much, so much Carson. You, you. If I was to choose one, Mike, I guess it would be Davis. Okay, just because I've seen him a little bit more recently and getting some usage. I mean, he had eight catches three games ago in a game against San Fran. But I just think Carson has been such a workhorse that I, I think it's going to continue to be him. And he had a game three weeks ago where he had six targets and six catches. So it's not like he's going to come out on third downs every single time if they get into that situation. All right, Ben. Talk about the wide receivers. Doug Baldwin. Who the heck is Doug Baldwin? Is uh, <laughs> We have a, an absolute uh, crap toast sandwich from Doug Baldwin where right in the middle we thought we were getting something special, but then you bit all the way through and you got right back to the turd bread. How are you handling Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett? Well, I love that you talked about your process because I'm the exact same way. I think that when we have you know fewer games, it makes it so much easier to attack game by game. So I love that we break down these podcasts for the playoffs like this because that's a huge part of my process too. And in this game, I've got the Seahawks winning. I'm rolling with Russell Wilson. And so because of that, I, I'm also on board with Chris Carson on the other side of the ball. I think it's super tough to fade Zeke. So you know, want to lock both of those guys in. Meany talked about it too. I think that that right there is the thought process that most people will have. So rather than getting contrarian with a Mike Davis or a Rashad Penny, I think when you look at this slate and you look at the games on Sunday, which we'll get to, and you realize that there's not a ton of, of fantasy greatness out there in those games, Russell Wilson and exposure to him is that way to get contrarian with them being on the road. And, you know, there is fear in this game. And, and that's what makes it, you know, not a lock, but a, but an interesting tournament pivot because both of these teams do have a ton of success running the ball and, and should. And so because of that, you know, if they grind out first down after first down and that clock keeps running, there will be limited chances for the offenses, as we've already seen with Russell Wilson this year. But what Russell Wilson has shown us is that he can get it done being extremely efficient, just being such a great player. So if you're going to buy into a contrarian thought process, you know, let's buy into a guy that's proven it in the playoffs that I think absolutely can win this game. And that is Russell Wilson. And so obviously tying that together would be Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett. And, you know, on a week to week basis, it's been really tough to predict as you're talking about Mike it looks like Doug Baldwin's all the way back. And now Tyler Lockett's catching another touchdown last week. Baldwin's not doing much. So tough to predict. But at the end of the day, I could see a Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, or Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett stack winning tournaments. Um, and so I am highly interested in that thought process. And it, it's it's basically pick your poison. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to overreact too much to Week 17 as long sure. as Doug Baldwin, who's not practicing – uh, on Tuesday, so I don't know if there's been an update for today. As long as he's fine, who you know they've they've used maintenance for him and his knee all year. As long as he's out there, he's good to go. That's where I'm looking, just because what we did see in weeks 15 and 16, after I believe he rested in weeks 14, showed me he's healthy enough. You know, he's making those insane catches here and there, and he could do that again in that primetime matchup on Saturday, just like he did a couple weeks ago. Granted, the Seahawks were at home against the Lions in this same slate on wildcard weekend. He's proven it. Both of those guys have proven it. I'm interested in that thought process for, for tournaments, rolling with Russell Wilson and his pass catchers. 
listen, I think Baldwin could be, you know, the tournament option, the guy who wins you, you know, the slate because of his touchdown upside. I know Lockett has scored some touchdowns, but Baldwin's got the five touchdowns in his final six games. But Lock, but for Lockett, he's just been consistent, like double digit fantasy points in 14 of his 16 games. Now, again, I know that has a lot to do with with his 10 touchdowns, but at least 50 yards in 11 games this season. That's you cannot say that about Doug Baldwin at all. So even though Lockett's only getting five or six targets here and there and catching three or four balls, the routes that he runs, the, the ability to to take one to the house or his the yards after the catch, like he's among the leaders that we've seen since he's entered the league. It's just a matter of staying healthy and being productive. His hands are great. He runs great routes. So I think there's a little bit of a safety there with Lockett. Plus he's cheaper. And I think the upside lies with Baldwin. I think there, you could get him at maybe a lower ownership. That's what's been so incredible with Lockett though is because you know you can make the argument for Baldwin because lately now that he's healthy he's getting more volume and I always want to roll with volume but to your point meaning Lockett has gotten it done on limited volume just by being by being Russell Wilson by being extremely efficient all year and you can see him doing that again in this spot so a good tournament option for sure. On the Dallas side of the ball I think this is very interesting to kind of project how the script is going to roll out for the Cowboys because I think that the way that they win, and by the way, I I do think that Dallas wins this game. It's going to be on the back of Ezekiel Elliott. The, the Seahawks are very susceptible to the running backs. There's already the talk uh, out of Dallas coming out that Zeke is preparing for the biggest workload of the season. Oh he got to rest up that final game. I mean, 25 carries to me is not outside of the realm of possibilities for Ezekiel Elliott, and that's why he's $9,000 over <laughs> on DraftKings, $1,300 more than second-highest-priced Melvin Gordon. Chris Meany, is Zeke forced into your lineup, or are you still finding guys that you like enough that you can sometimes pivot away from him, or is he in every one of your lineups? He he's he's not in every single one. I'll tell you what, he's in all my cash lineups. Okay. There's a game this season where he touched the ball 40 times. 40 times. Right. And you, I don't think you can say that about any other back. So it, it, I'll play a few tournament lineups. I'll leave him out of a couple just in case. But, right? but you're if, talking if, 90 if some, plus percent. I'm talking 90. Yeah, okay. I'm talking he's, he's in there. He's locked in and ready to go. All right. So, that, so is that the way you're projecting this as well, which has you wanting to stay away from Dak and the passing game? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I think it's going to be a lot of Zeke. You can get, you could get, again, we've talked about this before, maybe, especially with Zeke. I mean, top five in targets and catches, career high for him. He passed that in week nine. He's had a couple games this season where he's had receiving touchdowns from Dak. There is a possibility you can go that way. If you play multiple lineups and tournaments, that could be a contrarian way to go, maybe Dak and Zeke. But sometimes that caps your upside fully, especially when they get inside the red zone. If Dak is calling his own number, maybe Zeke doesn't get that red zone rushing attempt. But I don't think it matters because, like you said, he's just going to get a ton of volume. So I, I think that I'm with Ben. I think Seattle wins this game. It's going to be close, but the reason I lean Seattle is because the experience and inexperience and some of the things I've seen from Dak over the past couple weeks and some of the mistakes that he's made but I think you're right and just in terms of this guy getting a ton of volume it's just really hard to fade him Ben what's your interest level in Amari Cooper uh, not very high. I mean, <laughs> not very I mean, high. Since, He's just so expensive, right? Since right. The, exactly. Since the game where he went over two hundred and three, his follow up to that masterpiece has been thirty two yards, twenty yards, thirty one yards, and that included 
11 targets in week 17. So right. don't don't buy into, oh, well, it was week 17. They were probably resting. No, Amari Cooper got his full target share and still ended that game 5 for 31. He's at home. Amari Cooper splits at home are favorable. He is favored to win the game, or his team is favored. His splits when he's favored are also very very favorable, but you could have said that about uh, the last few games as well, and he's been an absolute crap fest. So, Ben, you're very low on Amari Cooper. Just paying up at wide receiver in general is tough in a spot like okay. this where – you know, we've we've talked about how we see both rushing offenses having success and there's limited opportunities. Yeah, you can get contrarian, take a chance on Russell Wilson and a cheap Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, who's not too expensive like we've talked about. But going that high, Amari Cooper is very, very expensive. And that's going to force you to have to maybe not play Zeke or maybe not play T.Y. Hilton. Maybe you have to fade Nuke. And those are options that I feel way better about. And I was just going to hop on the – Ezekiel Elliott train because it doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong, whether Seattle wins or not, because Dallas is at home and I can see them winning. Playing Zeke, you're not in trouble because he is independent. He doesn't, it doesn't matter whether what the game situation is, he is going to ball out. He saw 26.6 opportunities per game this year, which is more than 2.5 more than second best Todd Gurley. So yes, Mike, if, if Dallas has success and they win, 25 carries, he could have that easily. If they lose, you know, we've seen it. Zeke could have 10 catches and it would it right. won't matter because he could have 10 for 80. Yeah. And even if he gets 60 yards rushing and finds a touchdown in there, he still blows up. So for me, 100% Zeke, just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and then I'm going to find those stud receivers elsewhere in games I like better, as we've already talked about, or I'm going to try to get cheap exposure elsewhere. Um, and Cooper just doesn't fall into the process for me because he's too expensive and he's not in the game that I like from a passing perspective if you're going to pay up that much. Listen, I will say this. In in the, my lineups, the couple that I have faded Zeke, I have went that way with Dak and Cooper just in case it, it turns sense. out to be that way, right? It does. Sure. If Zeke doesn't have his phenomenal ceiling game, then there's a chance that Cooper has that game. And Mike, you're, you know, you're talking about the struggles recently, but obviously we know that the upside does – he does have a ceiling, a tournament-winning upside. We've seen it a couple times in his career. Speaking Overall. of upside, Chris Meany, how about my boy? Blake Jarwin, <laughs> a week Blake too late, a, a week too late for me. I know, right? Uh, unbelievable. And you know what? Insane. It's, for, it, it's not just last week. Now, last week he had the eight targets, seven catches, three touchdowns. And you're right. You look at the last four games, and that's the one bad game, Mike, that he had Ridiculous. against Tampa Week 16. But before that, seven targets, four catches, 45 yards. The week before that, which was really his coming out party when he played against the Eagles, he had seven catches on seven targets for 56 yards. So he is trending up, and I, I'm interested in him for sure. Ben, are you interested in my boy, Blake Jarwin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All because right. like you talked about, we're not just looking at 119 yards and three touchdown game. He's had some other eight target, seven target games in there recently as well. And 
it just, it kind of comes back to the Zeke thing. Like Blake Jarwin did that, and it's not oh, it's just it's week seventeen. No, the Cowboys played their starters. Yeah. The only person they they sat was Zeke because they're planning to ride him to forty touches again this week. <laughs> um, but Jarwin was out there with all the starters. He did all that. So at a cheap price at home, and again the game. Meanie's talking about it from the the Cowboys perspective. I'm kind of throwing it out there from the Seattle the Seahawks perspective. Either way, this kind of is that sneaky game for me that you know whoever's offense performs better than we think that could ride some people to you know tournament tournament championships and winning thousands of dollars before we jump into sunday's matchups want to thank today's sponsor pristine auction pristine auction the best sports memorabilia website of all time that's where i'm getting all my signed gear you know we love deandre hopkins you know how much i love him so much that I went to Pristine and I got myself a signed DeAndre Hopkins. This thing, it's the alternate red. It's incredible. It is glowing. And I know that the hands of DeAndre Hopkins signed this jersey because they use the absolute best authenticators in the business. I'm staring right at that JSA certification. And then you're getting deals all the time. Hundreds of new auctions up every single day on Pristine Auction. Make a completely free account. That's free. You want to bid on something? That's free too. None of this bogus. You got to pay to bid. You only pay if you win and you're going to get a good price. Check it out. PristineAuction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E Auction.com. And if you make that free account, let them know that the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast sent you. On the Sunday slate, the Los Angeles Chargers, the 12-4 and Los Angeles Chargers travel to the 10-6 and Baltimore Ravens, no, it's not fair, but this is where we are. The Ravens are favored by two and a half points. We have a 41 and a half point over under. Melvin Gordon, who was out there in unnecessary playing time the previous week in week 17, injured his knee, but he says he'll play on Sunday. Chris Meany, do you believe that Melvin Gordon will play, and do you believe that he is a good play against Baltimore, the second-ranked defense against fantasy running backs. I do believe he will play, but yeah, no, I don't I don't think he's a strong play. I, I would not think about him at all uh, in cash. And yeah, I mean, the Ravens, the fewest points allowed. I mean, the third fewest fantasy points to, to running backs, to wide receivers. This defense is phenomenal. So I... I you know what? I got more interest in Austin Eckler, to be honest Woo. with you, in tournaments than, than I do with, with Melvin Gordon. I'm kind of staying clear of this whole Chargers team. Um, you know, the last time I, we saw them, it was only two weeks ago when these two teams played each other. That week 16 matchups, the Chargers hit the, a season low in points scored with 10, total yards 198, passing yards 147, the second fewest rushing yards they've had all year in 51, and the second, few, the second most giveaways they had in a game at three. So, I mean, I'm not feeling this Chargers team at all this weekend. And the Ravens had a ton of success getting after Phillip Rivers. They had a couple turnovers, as I mentioned, sack him four times. So I just, for Melvin Gordon, it's a complete risk play. And I would only suggest in tournaments. And that's just to be a little different from the pack. Ben, how are you handling the Los Angeles Chargers? Now, we know that the Ravens are beatable, sort of beatable, at the tight end position, 22nd in the past six weeks. Hunter Henry could be back. I didn't hear that from Stephen A. Smith. We have a quote from (laughs) Anthony Lynn who says, Hunter Henry (laughs) will be on a pitch count if active on Sunday. Do you have any interest in old man Gates or young man Henry, Ben? 
I might have a little bit of interest in Hunter Henry if he's if he's back oh, out there. Oh, it's, it's that's twenty five hundred dollars on DraftKings, and probably only going to play in red zone packages. Maybe only red zone packages. Twenty five hundred dollars first game. It's just so hard. This game in general is mad to me, and it's so it's it's frustrating because I want to like the Chargers a lot. They've scored the second most points on this slate, tied with the Seahawks, only five points behind the Colts. Very good offense. Love Keenan Allen. Melvin Gordon should play Phillip Rivers, but it's so hard to want to play any of these guys because they're on the road against a Ravens defense that allowed, or just team in general, that allowed 287 points. That's only four more than the Bears, who've just absolutely been incredible. Both of these defenses have been. So it's it's really hard to like anybody. You can you know have the same conversation that that absolutely makes them a contrarian offense. And if you're going to get contrarian again, an offense that has proven it basically all year is a fine way to do it. Keenan Allen's a little bit um, more affordable than he has been. I think you know DraftKings. Um, you know, I would play him over Cooper. Looking at the matchup, yes, yeah, yeah, he's a little bit more affordable. Gives you a little bit more flexibility, and still believe in Keenan Allen no matter the matchup. But it's still tough because he's still a little bit pricey there. Other than that, it's hard to believe in Melvin Gordon at all, even though he's had the volume all year. Because again, he's getting injured again in Week 17. Meaning, I'm with you if I was looking at anybody, which honestly I'm really not. Eckler is intriguing because he has upside catching passes and comes back in week 17 and, and looks pretty good and um, has about 58 and a touchdown on eight carries. So, but but again, the, and and the bigger picture, real quick, as I've touched on last year, when there's four games, I know it's very easy to feel like, oh man, I have to get exposure to every game. But usually in these these two rounds of the playoffs, I usually find a game that I just don't pick anybody from because I feel like it's going to be more of a playoff defensive minded atmosphere. And and this is the one right now in the lineup I'm about to give out at the end of the show. I have nobody in this game. I don't think, and and I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, the, I'm actually the same. I don't have anyone. Well, in this I game don't either. think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me double Yo, check. Let me Mike, double check. You, you mentioned no, nobody uh, in the game. Allen. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned Keenan Allen, and I think, you know, you learn a lot from playing a team that you didn't have success from. At least, you know, you, you should anyways. And I'm sure that's what Phillip Rivers is looking at the tape. You look at his last four games, I mean, 220 or fewer in passing yards in three of those four games, four touchdowns, six interceptions in those four games. I mentioned just Baltimore having success. Like there was no, they could not stop that Ravens pass rush in that game. So I think some quick throws to Keenan Allen, to Gordon, if he's healthy. That's why I like Austin Eckler just a little bit. Mention his name as somebody who's, I think Phillip Rivers is going to have to get that ball out quickly. Yeah. And it's going to have to come quick. And I think that's why uh, you mentioned Keenan Allen as somebody in the slot who can, you know, can and, rack up 10 catches. And just speak to that, Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams combined for 19 receiving yards against yeah. the Baltimore Ravens last wow. time they play. And correct me if I'm wrong. As the Baltimore game, this was right after the the Kansas City goose egg for Keenan Allen. So he was Correct. coming off of the injury. Right. We weren't exactly sure exactly. what he was going to do. And he still put up eight targets, five for 58. And we have to assume that Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen is healthier in this yep. game than he was in that yep. contest. Go ahead, was, Ben. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. You look at his stat line, you're like, oh, that's you know, that's not very exciting. This is a tough spot. But, yes, you have to remember he was coming back one week after getting hurt the week before. So to completely agree with you, Mike, you can you can you know build that narrative that he's healthier now. He could have a bigger game. So, yeah, Allen's definitely on the radar um, for sure. All right, let's move it over to the Baltimore Ravens side of the ball. 
Lamar Jackson has been an absolute sensation for this team, picking up the dead carcass that was the Baltimore Ravens and carried them into the fan or <laughs> I almost called the fantasy playoffs. Like they give a crap. Uh, brings them into the NFL playoffs, but he did it on the back of the running game between Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, and Kenneth Dixon. Chris, how are you handling Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon? The snap counts are it's hard to get a grasp on just exactly what the plan is for the Baltimore Ravens because it was Kenneth Dixon was rising in, in the snap total. Gus Edwards was going down. But then we have this past week where Kenneth Dixon plummeted down to a 28.6% of the snaps despite having an absolute monster yeah. game. Hey, to be fair, Gus Edwards did as well. So between the two, how are you looking at those two guys? Yeah, it's definitely a committee. It, it certainly is, even if the snap counts are, are favoring you know, Edwards, since he's taken over, you know, he's got the seven starts. He's had at least 67 rushing yards and seven of those starts, 90 plus in four games. He had 14 carries and 92 yards against the Chargers. And that game I was talking about week 14. I think he's the safer play. I really do. In terms of DraftKings, you know, they're right on par with each other. I mean, $4,200 for Edwards and Dixon is $4,000. And, you know, you go look over on FanDuel and you're paying up for, for Gus Edwards, $7,200 and Kenneth Dixon's at $6,800. So again, pretty close but it's still expensive to the fact to the point where I don't want any of them really. Really, but in, yeah, I mean, no. And Edwards in cash, sure, I'd play them in cash because I I feel like they're not going to change their their style. This is what they are now. Baltimore has has turned things over completely from Flacco to one of the one of the teams that threw the ball more than anybody. And and you look at Jackson, who has who leads the league in rushing yards, who is six and one as a starter, and his only loss came in Kansas City. They've had success winning football games with running the football, by running the football, and that's what they want to do. Dixon lean his way in tournaments because of what he can do in the air. He has at least a catch in five games where Gus Edwards has one catch in those seven games. So I think there's slightly more upside in Dixon, but I think it's I think it's Edwards who gets the start. And if anything happens where he struggles, they could turn things over to Dixon. But I think both of these guys are going to be involved. I think they can both touch the ball 10 to 15 times each. This is what Baltimore wants to do. They want to run the football, rely on their defense, kick field goals, and that's how they're going to win the football game. So it's just not totally appealing to me because I just don't feel like there's going to be a lot of points. But if I were to lean one of them, I think the safer play is Gus Edwards. Interesting. Yeah, I'm with Ben that I don't particularly love anyone from or want anyone from this game but I have that internal fight that internal struggle with believing that Gus Edwards or Kenneth Dixon one of those guys will be a uh, shift an actual shift when it comes to this slate because that's how you can beat the Chargers I mean this is a bad bad mixture for Los Angeles the the place they can be uh, beat is the place that Baltimore is, in fact, the strongest? Right, Ben. How are you handling the? <laughs> how are you handling the wide receiver from Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, not no. playing them. Moving on. <laughs> it, they're all so cheap too. I, like, I don't. It's I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, I'm not interested. But I will just kind of piggyback off what you said, Mike. Even though I just poo pooed this game, I think the Ravens win. I think they do it with defense and how they've have been having success rushing the ball. So the two guys I'm interested in are Lamar Jack Jackson, just because he has so much upside running the football. We saw that last week, um, and then. 
deciding between the two running backs, I do have um, kind of a preference, and it's Kenneth Dixon. As Meany just talked about, there's more upside in the receiving game. And yes, Lamar Jackson's not you know throwing to his running backs a ton, but there is a little bit of upside there. And Dixon's a guy that I've always just thought has been pretty talented. He's coming off of a 117-yard rushing performance with limited playing time. A little bit cheaper, although the prices have basically gotten right the same. But again, over the last two weeks, Gus Edwards, 27 opportunities, Kenneth Dixon, 24. So as Meany touched on, this basically is a full-on timeshare. And I'm going to go with a guy I prefer more, which is Kenneth Dixon. So that I, I completely agree with you, Mike, that this slate could be shifted with Kenneth Dixon having a big game or Lamar Jackson having a big game running the football. Because since Lamar Jackson has been named the starter, 119 carries for 556 yards and four touchdowns over that that seven week span. So, um, you know, he's he's, he's cheaper. He's at home. If he has another 100 yard rushing game or another two touchdown, um, two touchdowns on the ground, plus what he'll give you through the air, he could be a winner here. So not my favorite plays, but plays that I want to have some exposure to in tournaments and guys that I could see shifting the slate. It's crazy. Like Lamar Jackson's pride. Fandle is really sharp this week. It, Lamar Jackson's the second highest priced quarterback on Fandle. Mm. He's two hundred dollars more okay. than Andrew Luck, wow. which is which is phenomenal. Like I, I still can't believe it. And then you go look on on DraftKings, and there's five other quarterbacks that are more expensive than right. Lamar. Yeah, they Jackson's have rivers so above Lamar. Lamar Jackson. Right. Which no right. way rivers, which is because Lamar Jackson's hit at least 16 fantasy points in every start. He's taken over. Like that's a solid floor because of what Ben's talking about his rushing ability. He's, he's running the ball a ton. And even his, his worst game rushing came against the chargers a couple weeks ago, 39 rushing yards. That's still like starting with a touchdown. It's a free touchdown right there. And again, points. you look at Russell Wilson as a potential tournament option because he's even cheaper than Lamar Jackson, which I, his price is a little off to me as well. At the tight end position for Baltimore, real quick, it's it's an absolute mess. Mark Andrews has been surging a little bit as of late for the last couple games, uh, having himself, uh, what was it, uh, 85 or so, 83 yards and a touchdown, 54 this past week, 17. The problem is when you look over on DraftKings, there he is, Mark Andrews, $3,500, Priced $200 above my guy, Blake Jarwin. It is just, mm-hmm. there's there's no way I'm paying up for Mark Andrews. If I'm going to buy a, a tight end from Baltimore, I'm going with somebody cheap. But even that, uh, are, can we agree we're hands off on the tight ends? For Baltimore, yeah, I'm with. Okay. I agree too. And even on, over on Fanduel, Mike, same thing. Andrews is more expensive than Darwin. Just is very tough to that track. Makes no sense. All right, the final game of the slate. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Chicago to take on the Bears. Oh, Chris Meany, I know you don't like this. The Bears are six-point <laughs> favorites, almost a full touchdown in the playoffs, a 41.5-point over-under. Chris Meany, defend your Eagles. How are they possibly going to win this game? What are they doing on offense? 
Yeah, I don't think they're going to do much on offense. To, to <laughs> I be told you with to you. The defend way, them. The way that they're going to win this game, and I think they have a legitimate shot actually to win this game, is because of Mitch Trubisky and and what he what like. Let's just look at Trubisky in his first few games of the season. He averaged forty two rushing yards over his first seven games of the season, fifteen to six touchdown interception ratio. Over his last seven games, he's averaging seventeen rushing yards. He's got nine touchdowns and six interceptions. He's been held to under two hundred yards passing in four of his past seven games. Chicago has scored. 24 points in four straight games, 14 in San Fran, 15 against the Rams. This is not an offense that's trending up, and it's a defense in Philadelphia that's actually trending up. And this is why the Eagles had success last season. Yeah, we can joke about Nick Foles all we want, but it was the fact that the defense was able to create turnovers and takeaways. And over their first seven games of this season, seven takeaways, and in the last six games, the Eagles defense starting to get a little bit more healthier. Jordan Hicks is key to stopping the run, only allowed 30 rushing yards in their last two games. Compared to when he was out, three games that he missed, three backs had over 100 yards. And that hadn't happened all year long. In fact, the only backs to have over 100 yards against them on the ground was Barkley and Zeke. So it was a team that has had success over the past couple of years stopping the run. And now with Jordan Hicks back and a couple other guys, I think that they can have success stopping Jordan Howard. But the only way that they're going to be able to beat Chicago is if Trubisky turns the ball over and, you know, this is his first playoff game. In fact, this is first playoff game for a lot of Bears uh, on that team, including uh, their head coach, Matt Nagy. So it, it's going to be tough for them to go into Philadelphia and score points. But I think they're I'm very interested, in fact, in their defense. Both of these defenses, I think, uh, one and two for me, we're talking about Baltimore being strong as well. But I, I love the discount that you're going to get on Philadelphia. And I think they can go in and do some damage on Trubisky. Ben, how are you looking at the running back position for Philadelphia? Josh Adams had secured that workhorse role for uh, two games. And then Darren Sproles returned and now we're back into the timeshare, including Mr. Wendell Smallwood in there as well. Are you paying for any of these Philadelphia running backs? So tough to trust because, like you said, now all of a sudden Wendell Smallwood's back in there and getting a ton of runs. So, no, I'm not interested in any of them. I think if you're looking at anyone, it would be Sproles okay. because I see the Eagles having to throw to find okay. success in this game. And I, I, I'm picking the Bears. I think this game sets up so nicely for the Bears. Meany, I'm rooting with you. Having moved <laughs> to Philadelphia, I've adapted the Eagles as my NFC team. But I don't think it's going to happen. The Bears have been so good. I just see this uh, just kind of setting up not only for their defense, but for their offense as well, which we'll get to. But because of that, really not interested in any. So we've talked about it. Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Carson, um, those are the main two. And then, you know, then we move it over to the Bears, where I think that's kind of the fun discussion at running back. So as far as the Eagles go, really not interested in their running back situation. Not really interested in too many of their players on offense. But I will tell you there is one that I'm intrigued by, and it's it's similar um, you know, to the thought process with Blake Jarwin of going cheap tight end on this slate. And I think if the Eagles offense is going to find some success, I think they are going to need to utilize those two tight end sets. And Dallas Goddard has been getting a lot of playing time lately. Uh, you know, they found a way to get Golden Tate more incorporated in terms of playing time last week. But his playing time has suffered a little bit since the trade in favor of Dallas Goddard who's a good player. He's been you know, making at least a couple of catches a week, and I could see him with the Bears defense being so good and minimizing Zach Ertz a little bit. I could see Dallas Goddard being that super cheap tight end option that kind of 
you know, gives you a way to be contrarian on this slate. So if I'm really looking at anybody on the Eagles, that's who it is, is Dallas Goddard. Just because, again, I see those two tight end sets and Dallas Goddard getting a ton of playing time because I feel like that's the way the Eagles will feel that they're going to be able to have any success against this unreal Bears defense. Now, Meany, Zach Ertz, who an absolute monster, breaks the record for most receptions by a tight end. Over on DraftKings, he is $6,400. And we have three games now with Nick Foles and Zach Ertz to close this game. And two of them were absolute poop shows for Zach Ertz. There was, right in the middle, a 12-reception, 110-yards, two-touchdown game. But that was separated by a 22-yard game and a 15-yard game. Do you have any any level of strong confidence spending $6,400 of your salary cap on DraftKings on Zach Ertz? No, it's, you know, and really only in the leagues where the the two lineups that I have where I'm fading Zeke is you can spend up on Ertz. But, I mean, the team applied total is 16.5. It's by far the lowest this week. And and you're right, and that one matchup is is, is against Houston, right? And we're talking about Houston being such a fantasy-friendly environment for tight ends. That's why we like Ebron so much. So uh, not so much. I, I do agree with Ben that Sproles is the way to go. I mean, with the Eagles, when they have trouble running the football, and they will have trouble running the football against the Bears. Have been so strong against the run, and that's where we've seen Sproles have those games uh, recently. Is he steps in for, um, you know, against against Houston? That was the one game that stood out to me. It, I, another team that is very strong against the run. So I think you can get by with a little bit of Sproles, maybe. But other than that, man, it's I'm not spending up for for Zach Ertz. No, I, I like the Goddard pivot. It's it's interesting. They have been using both of their tight ends a lot lately. This is something that they did a lot last year with Selleck. They had success doing that. Also a third and Trey Burton, who's going to play in this game. But I think the one eagle that I do have interest in is, is Nelson Aguilar over on DraftKings only $3,800 on FanDuel. He's basically the same price as Amari Cooper. Again, FanDuel really sharp with their pricing this week, but Nelson Aguilar, he went through a five-game stretch where he only had eight catches. I think he had two or I think there's three games in there where he had fewer than two fantasy points. And then over the last couple weeks, 13 targets, 10 catches, 156 yards, three touchdowns, a high A dot with uh, Nick Foles in there, taking some shots deep down the field with Aguilar. So that that is really the only Eagles defense and Aguilar are the only two that I have any interest in. in I can't talk you into Alshon, who the past three weeks has he's actually been very good. You're talking he has been. 160, 82, 59 with a touchdown. The the disappearance of Zach Ertz has been good for Alshon Jeffrey. I can't talk you into him. You got a little bit of a revenge narrative in there as yes, well. You do. It's just a it's just a tournament play. I mean, you, you mentioned his success recently. Three hundred fifty one yards he has over his last four games. So there is the game log is appealing, but again, this coverage defense, it's the number one coverage defense in the NFL. So they've just been so strong. Uh, it's really just, it's a tournament play only. And sure. I, again, I think the way that the Eagles are going to win this game is if they do would just be from their defense and, and a low scoring football game. I don't think there are going to be a lot of points. Scored. I see like, honestly, like a 14, 10 game. All right, let's move it over to the Chicago side of the ball. Ben, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, the enigma of the Chicago Bears running backs been a little bit hard to decipher over the course of the season. Who are you going with from that tandem? Yeah, and this is why I'm saying um, I, I really see 
these decisions with the Chicago Bears playing a, a lot of of you know decisions and who wins money this week, who wins tournaments, because I just think that it sets up for them. And I could see Mitchell Trubisky having a good game, but it's just I'm not predicting that, especially with their pass catchers. It's so hard. Is it going to be a Trey Burton game? Is it going to be Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson? I was excited about Allen Robinson earlier in the week when Miller and Taylor Gabriel were dealing with injuries, but they're all practicing in full. They're all going to play. So it's really hard to decipher that passing game. And it's also, as you brought up, Mike, it's hard to decipher this running game as well. But I think doing so is a key to winning money this week, whether it's cash or tournaments. And I'm a Tariq Cohen guy. I love the talent. I love the upside he gives you, especially in the passing game in, you know, uh, PPR scoring formats and DFS. But when you look at what they did this year in terms of volume, and, and I love volume, Howard ranked 16th in the league in opportunities per game. Cohen is 39th. So Cohen is going to have to do it on efficiency, which he has done plenty of. So great tournament play. But, and I'm not a big Howard guy, but I'm finding myself liking Jordan Howard a lot this week. They've really been getting him going in the running game lately. He's been scoring rushing touchdowns, four touchdowns over the past three games. You know, if you go look at his rushing log, 21 carry, 19 carry, 18 carry, he's getting the ball. And again, as you touched on earlier in the podcast, Mike, when I'm predicting who I think is going to have success as a team, that leads me to some of my plays. And because I think the Bears have a lot of success, I think that correlates with Jordan Howard having a good game as well. And the cherry on top is his price, at least on DraftKings, $4,600. It's so cheap. It allows you to play a ton of other studs and play Howard who could have over 100 yards and a touchdown in this spot. Talking about the wide receivers, you did. Ben mentioned that all three are practicing in full uh, as of Wednesday. Anthony Miller, I mean, I don't know how this. Guy I plays, don't know how he's going to be playing with that shoulder problem. The the he Twitter doctors, it's, pain it's kind of all over the place. What what's going to happen with Anthony Miller? Will he need a big surgery? Will he not? But his injury actually has me somewhat interested over in Mr. Taylor Gabriel, who you can get him uh, you know, pretty decently cheap, only $4,500. And the, the Eagles, it's been, it's been better, a lot better as of late. But we have seen them get uh, torched through the air at least a handful of times. And you've got to pick somebody. There's not an infinite amount of wide receivers to pick from. So he's at least interesting to me. Fellas, are you ready? Whew, this has been a serious breakdown here. But are you ready to get into your lineups? Let's do it. Yes, let's right, do here it. Here we go. DFS Battle Royale. All right, Meany, we're going to let you start first. All right, so uh, I got Andrew Luck at the quarterback position. No surprise, I'm rolling out Zeke and Carson at the running back position. I got T.Y. Hilton in there. I have Nelson Aguilar. As of right now, I have DeAndre Carter. Uh, interested in some of the usage that he's got lately. 12 targets in the past two games, 10 catches. Eric Ebron at tight end. And, you know, just want to elaborate here on Tariq Cohen in the flex spot for me. I think this is definitely a Cohen game. I imagine Jordan Hicks coming back and having success stopping the run. The Eagles have a 
allowed the second most catches to running backs. They struggle to stop running backs who can catch. I love the Taylor Gabriel call to you. It's the same thing. These bubble screens, these short little passes, that's where Philadelphia struggles to stop teams. So uh, also allowing the second most receiving yards to running backs as well. So Tariq Cohen is locked in there. And I got the Eagles defense, guys. Ben, who you got? I'm also siding with Andrew Luck and uh, and then going Zeke and Chris Carson. So we're starting off the same, Woo! but then this is where we start to get a little bit different. I cannot see myself fading DeAndre Hopkins at home, all that volume, so, so good. So I'm going there. I'm going to roll with Dontrell Inman to get some exposure to Luck. Now you got to save money somewhere. Yes, yeah. yes, I do. And so I'm going to keep it going with Kiki QT, who, like I said, I see him if he plays. Um, he's in my lineup and he's right back out there seeing eight, nine targets. Um, staying on that path with Dallas Goddard, who I talked about, putting Jordan Howard in the flex and finishing it up with the Bears defense. I think you're right, Ben. I think that Kiki could be that hidden master key. Yes. As as you head into the weekend, all the, you get the word Kiki is going to be active just – I might even play him. Yes, yeah, I mean so I'm many targets for that price. So he's very interesting to me. The lineup I went with before the show: Andrew Luck. Well, we are really boring at the quarterback position, but <laughs> just the price and the upside, I think it's it's there. I I paid down at the running back. I went with Kenneth Dixon and Jordan Howard. That allowed me to get DeAndre Hopkins, T. Y. Hilton, and Eric Ebron into my lineup. So then I saved a little bit going with Taylor Gabriel, who I spoke about. I got – come on, Ben. How do you not have Hot Lockett up in that lineup? <laughs> I like you got to get Tyler Lockett there at the flex and the Baltimore Ravens, who are my favorite defense of the weekend. So there you have it. That's a lot of information for everyone to process. But you got time. You got time because the podcast is out a little bit early. Good luck this weekend. For Ben Cummins, for Chris Meany, I am your host, Mike, the Fantasy Hitman Right. We'll see you next week on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Good luck, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.